This is the Ed Milet Show. Welcome back, everybody. I've been talking to this man about having him on the show here for, I don't know, like six or eight months. And you would think, well, you want to have him on because he's this, you know, Grammy-nominated artist that everybody knows. And that's not really why I wanted him on. I wanted him on because this man has dimension and depth. Uh, he's a really unique person because he's obviously very talented, sold millions and millions of records, but he's got this dimension and depth because of his life experience and because of his work on himself and personal development. He's also got a book out called Adversity for Sale, and it's really, really good. I read the entire thing in two days. So, Jeezy J. Jenkins, welcome to the show. What's up? How you doing, my brother? It's so good to have you, and I'm doing very well. I'm, it's an honor to be here, man. You well, know, thank you. I'm honored to, to have you. I listen to your show every morning. Well, I do, you know, you put episodes out yeah. like, Every couple of days, so yeah. I'll check you out. Thank you. Yeah. I want to ask you, I told him off camera, I said, I'm going to ask you stuff that's going to push you today. Right. Because the things I want to understand about life and how things intersect and are connected. So okay. some of it will be in the book, some of it won't be. Oh, good. So you had an interesting upbringing. Those of you who don't know, kind of a military upbringing. So you lived yep. in Japan for a while. You've seen the world as a young yeah. man. Yeah, Japan, Hawaii. Hawaii too, yep. right? So yep. abroad, mm -hmm. right? Not in the mainland. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get to that a little bit. And by the way, crazy upbringing had his, I think it was your mom pulled a gun on you at yes, one point. Yes, he absolutely did. We need to get to that. <laughs> but you end up kind of like living in the streets, so to speak. There's yeah. a point in your life where you're really living in the streets. Right. And I had different guys on the show. Like, I didn't live in the streets, but I grew up with dudes who lived in the streets because mm -hmm. I lived really close to those guys. So I went right. to a school where like half the dudes lived in the streets and half of us kind of lived in the kind of the suburbs. Mm. And here's what's interesting, now that life's happened, now I'm 52 years old, the guys who lived in the streets, a lot of them went the wrong way, incarcerated, you know, or have been killed. Mm. But the most successful dudes, the the few, are the dudes that lived in the streets, right. not the dudes who lived on the good side of the tracks. Right. It's right. really interesting. Yeah. It makes sense, though, when you think about it. Why? Because when you're coming from the streets, like you have this, you're living for survival, mm -hmm. right? And you're navigating, you're you're actually navigating life. Like I just came back from a fishing trip and I was telling you, but when you look at that, there's nobody out there that's teaching those guys how to be fishermen or mm -hmm. to, to be captains, right? Mm -hmm. It's something you see, you adapt to it, you understand, you grow through it, and you just become great at it. Mm -hmm. And when you come from the streets, you either fall to the wayside or you come become great at survival mm -hmm. and evolution. And as time goes on, you just get in these different situations in these different rooms that enable you to be your best version of yourself, which is a survivor. Mm. And as time goes, you start seeing different goals that you want to accomplish. And those, some of those goals take you into a wealthy space, mm. right? Because the average street guy, his his whole, the good ones, the smart ones, by the way, because mm -hmm. you have some people that's in the streets and they stay and they end up there and it's they just stay knuckleheads yeah and, yep. and it's, it's all bad mm -hmm. but you have some people who understand that the, st the streets is a is a stepping stone as you will mm -hmm. like for me for myself like i knew that the streets i knew i couldn't walk from the streets into a boardroom hmm. so i had to figure out that path and that path came with me understanding who i was mm -hmm. where i was going and then what can i put in the middle of that to give me some um to 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 put me in a place where my reputation is solid, right? Yeah. As far as like business, because I made good money in the streets. I really did. You know, mm -hmm. I ran a Fortune 500 company. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Tax free, but I did that. <laughs> um, right. And I saved my money and I did I did good things, but I know I couldn't just walk into a boardroom uh, just straight from the street. So the, that's when music came about, because I like, if I can figure this out, right, I can get credibility 
and I can take this uh, newfound stardom and figure my way into business because I don't think a lot of people know that music is my talent, but business has always been my passion. Yeah. That's why I wanted to end up You there. love business more than you love oh, music. Is absolutely. that fair to say? Yeah, 1,000%. Because I, I, I enjoy music mm. and I love it, but I was never the kind of guy that grew up with a notepad writing lyrics or mm. being in a band. I just I wasn't musically inclined. I just listened to music to learn. That blows my mind. Right. You know, because that's how I learned. It was like I listened to Tupac. I kind of learned the, the rules from the streets from there. Uh, but to answer your question, it's just like when you come in and you're coming from the streets, you have this 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 insight that most people don't have, mm. meaning that you can perform well in chaos. Yes. Okay. And I started to understand that. So as I got into business, that was my gift because these things were happening. People want to keep their job. They want to keep their position. You know, they, they're, they're emotionally tied to this. I'm not. I can, I'm a problem solver, that's my gift. So all I gotta do is sit back and look at it and go, okay, this is what we're gonna do. And and, and be assertive about it because I do believe that that's the solution for this, right? Mm. Because I came up in a place where I don't wanna hit a problem, I wanna hit a solution, right? Yeah. And if, um, you know, the consequences are dire, so you, you you play a little bit better. You what's the game? Uh, uh the Squid Games. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's yes. like it's like in the streets you are gonna either die, yeah. or go to jail, or you are gonna be one of the the one percent that make it out, right? So, by the way, that's one of the best answers on the show ever, and I'm like really glad I answered, mm. asked you that question. I've always wondered this. So, masterpiece sat right there, right? And we had a similar conversation off camera, right? And I said, why you? Like, why do you think mm. you got out mm. and other guys didn't? And so you said a few things. One is the ability to learn to survive. Right. Ability to operate in chaos. Right. Let me ask you one other thing. I, I think just like millions of people want to know the answers, because you always hear this, now that hip hop's become so popular the last 20, 30 years, the streets, the streets, the streets. Right. And it's one thing to hear. It's another thing, like someone lives in this environment. Right. You think about your own children. You're a 12, 13-year-old young boy. Right. And basically, the way that I read your upbringing is there became this point where really you didn't have a lot of rules governing you in the home. You could kind of go out as late right. as you wanted. and So right. you're seeing these guys that become mentors to you. What makes someone become a leader in the streets? So I get that you function. Because mm. so far, mm -hmm. change the word streets and right. call it business. Right. And guess what? 101. <laughs> Someone who wins in business has this unbelievable right. ability to survive Correct. through all of the lean years. Correct. And they have a crazy ability to operate in chaos yes. that most people don't have. In fact, I don't have a lot of abilities, but mm. one of the things I always say is, one of the things I hold my hat on is, I operate well in chaos. Right. Now, there's a negative to it that somehow I keep wanting to produce more chaos in my right, life because right, I'm so right, comfortable right. in it. By the way, you got a little of that bug, right, right, too. Right. No matter how things go, I'm going to find right. a way to create chaos. gets cool. I'm right. like, oh. I'm not comfortable when things are comfortable. Right, because right. it, it almost feels like you know something's going to come. <laughs> but to, to your point, when you yeah. ask how do you, someone become a leader, Yes, it's funny because Master P was in my, he was, he was my therapist before really? I even knew who he was hmm. because I listened to him and I watched him and I saw him move because you got to think, coming from where we come from, those are the only entrepreneurs we really knew yep. that were very successful. You know, all our parents were either hustlers or mm -hmm. worked in factories. My mom cleaned houses, you mm -hmm. know, you know, just minimum wage stuff. But yep. then you see in Master P and these guys and he's mobilizing all these people and putting them in positions, you know, to, to, you know, live out their dreams. Mm -hmm. And, and you sit back and you go, okay, that's a leader. Mm -hmm. And then you see someone like Tupac, who's, who's uh, a revolutionary. He's going against the grain of the fabric of what they're telling us 
where we're from. Like, you can't be this, you can't do that. He's going against all that grain. Mm. And that, to me, that's a leader. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So these are the people that I'm listening to every day because they're my therapists at this point. Right. So, so like how people listen to you as a Mm -hmm. podcast, some people like just to be entertained. But you have some people out there that's listening to your show that are hanging on your every word because Mm -hmm. they know that you know the way. So they would consider you a leader. And the thing I learned at an early age is I didn't mind sitting down, being a fly on the wall, listening to the older guys, Mm -hmm. you know, the uncles, the cousins, you know, just the guys in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my peers didn't see the value and being around older people. It's kind of like, oh, it's, you know, that's your uncle, it's your granddad. But, I, you know, older people always had that wisdom and that knowledge. And I had a thirst for it at a young age because when I came back from living abroad, mm-hmm. um, I started, because my palate was different. I was eating sushi. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? I was, yeah. I was eating tuna in the Gary, yeah. and you know what I'm saying? Yellowtail. Wow. Now they throw me back in the hood and my palate's different. I don't see the world and... It's, you know, I know there's beaches and there's all these things out there. And I got to go back to this town with the population is 3,000, maybe 32 on a good day. Wow. I mean, we got two two red lights, you know, and, and, really? and I'm trying to explain to my friends in, in, in school, like, yo, there's beaches out there. There's, you know, there's this and that. And everybody's kind of like, what are you talking about? Never seen these things right. in person. So it sounded like you was, you know, just making all this up. Hmm. And, I, and I got in my mind at that moment that I have to get back to that because that's my life. And the reason why that that life was taken away from me is because my parents separated and divorced. Mm. My dad was in the service, so my mom went back to the hometown and my dad continued to, you know, um, do his his, his tour as a a staff sergeant in the Marines. Staff sergeant. Yeah, and so when we went back to there, you know, of course, my mom had her things and all that stuff going on. And it's crazy, Ed, because the trailer that we grew up in was no bigger than the studio room. Oh, and it was, I paid $3,500 for it, right? Wow. And that's what we lived in. Wow. You know, my room was probably, you know, the size of a bathroom in a, in a like, you know, you can barely even breathe in there, right? Hmm. And for me, that was reality. So hmm. it's like you took it out of this life where you got all this opportunity and you put in this place. And i never forget it. Like, my whole mindset switched from being a kid to survival. Hmm. I gotta survive, I gotta figure this out because if I don't figure it out, this will be my life Hmm. for the rest of my life. Unbelievable. Right. This explains to me, I really introduce you the way that I view you. There's Mm -hmm. a dimension and a depth to you. And now that I'm understanding your life story a little bit more, it's because there was dimension and depth to your early life. Right. You really had two really different lives when you were a young man. And now you had multiple lives as an adult. Right. The other thing you have, after meeting you, it's the thing that I have in all my friends that I admire the most. And then I'm just unpacking for everyone success traits. Because mm. I really believe to, to a large extent, the streets, so to speak, which I don't understand, that's why I'm asking you, is a metaphor for life. It's yes. just an exaggerated, compressed right. metaphor. Right. And you have another thing that I think the guys who make it out and also women and men who make it in business have. You have a very unique, nuanced uh, combination of a lot of presence and confidence, mm. 
with a ton of humility still. Mm-hmm. You're not arrogant. Mm-hmm. You don't think you know everything. Right. You have a thirst for knowledge. You listen to my stuff. Yes. Right? You you read. You still yeah. have that yeah. thing. That is a combination. You show me someone with a bunch of humility and they're humble with no confidence, I'm show you someone life's going to run their ass over. Right. You show me somebody with a ton of, and you've seen this in your business too, ton of confidence but no humility, mm. they eventually believe too much of their own press yeah. clippings. You agree with that? Yeah, They absolutely. eventually, they, they crap out because they, they don't have humility. They don't right. want to keep growing and learning. They right. think they know everything. Right. They think they're never going to lose or make a mistake. Well, that's that's the issue because, you know, I've learned, and, and that's one of the reasons why I really wrote the book, because I wanted people to understand that I was selling millions of records, like millions and millions of records, right? Mm-hmm. The, some of the biggest artists in the world, Rihanna, Jay-Z, Kanye West, Mariah Carey, yeah. all these different people. But I was at the lowest point of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like I was at the lowest point of my life. You look at I, photos, you can kind of tell, right? Yeah, yeah. explain. Through, I mean, because, you know, God works in mysterious ways. It's just like, he he helped me figure out that this was the thing for me. I kind of got forced into it because I tried to do what Master P did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. As I tried to sign people and put people on. I wanted to be the CEO, the boss, so to speak. And it didn't work that way. Mm-hmm. And I was left with a studio, no artist, and, you know, not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Right? So I had to figure it out myself. And I began to do music myself but because I always had a love for it. Mm-hmm. And I started to work my way um, through that. And what I realized is, like, I wanted to bring everybody that I could because that's just what you're told, right? Mm-hmm. You're told that you got to keep it real. Like, mm-hmm. you got to be. And that's what I, I went by, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Because that's what's in my heart, to do the right thing. And when I started to get some success in it um, and started to move around the world and see different things, now, mind you, the life that I was living before that was serious like mm-hmm. serious what like do you mean? put it put this way everybody that i was running with either got life for 30 years which is okay. probably one of the biggest stories since uh i mean since el chapo mm-hmm. you know and you were saying? waiting to get arrested yourself right yeah you're like everyone around me is going down oh, I, was, I'm going I was down. i was i was depending on it like i i had it in my mind like i i I got myself, when I walked out the door, (laughs) I made sure that I was looking good because if I felt like if they got me, I just had to look the part. You got to think I'm selling millions of records and I'm waiting to go to prison in my mind. That is crazy to me. And I'm drinking, I'm drinking, I'm self-soothing, I'm doing all these things and I was like the most depressed I've ever been because a lot of those guys that didn't go started to see my success and this caused an all-out war. So you got to think I'm I'm this hot new artist. I'm moving around the world. Mm-hmm. I'm doing all these things, but I'm at a real war with real people that have real finances, real resources, and they're state to state. This is not local, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm dealing with this everywhere I go. So normally, when a pe- person goes on the stage and performs in front of, you know, uh, you know, I'm I'm going I'm on tour with Jay Z. You know, we're doing sixty thousand people a night. And he has no idea what I'm dealing with. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm like, you know, when I get off the stage, you know, it's, I'm, I'm back in Baghdad. Wow. I got to get ready for whatever. I got to make sure, like, and I have to move militant, right? So now I got to make sure, because now instead of just being an artist, I have to be, you know, damn near a general. 
I have to give my troops orders and tell them how to move and what to do and how to. And it's like this is every day of my life. You're worried you're going to be a Tupac at right. that point. And you're going to get incarcerated 1, or you're going to be a Tupac? Yeah, absolutely. 1,000%. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? Then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a full body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See eBay Motors. Hey guys, I want to talk to you about Shopify. You know, when I started the show, the furthest thing from my mind was doing online business, and now I can't imagine my life without it. So I love Shopify because they're a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. So whether you're in the startup phase where you're just launching your online store, or you're at that really big business where you're like, hey, we just hit a million bucks in order stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. They've helped me through every single stage. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. So whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered big time. They help turn browsers into buyers. They convert their checkouts 36% better than all the leading competitors. And I've used them for everything I do online. So every single thing you see that I market online, Shopify is somehow involved. I wouldn't even know what to do without them. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mylet, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mylet now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mylet. And the thing... It took me, and I was, I was, I, I was depressed, and didn't know what depression was. Right? Yeah. I had post-traumatic stress, and didn't understand what that was. I had a level of anxiety that was unreal. I didn't even know what it was. I just knew that all I had to do was keep drinking and keep smoking, mm -hmm. and that's how I was going to deal with this. And you talking about somebody who's getting up at eight a.m. I'm, I'm popping a bottle of Cristal. That's how I'm starting breakfast off. You know what I'm saying? By lunchtime, you know, I'm drinking tequila. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, at night I'm I'm still going out and I'm doing all these things to self soothe But I, I started to realize that like I'm running. Mm -hmm. And I can't I can't run that fast anymore. Like I'm 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 thinking I'm getting away, but it's catching up. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until my third album, which was the recession, that um I woke up and I was just like, Hold up. I'm not in prison, mm -hmm. right? I'm alive. And I got a chance to be a superstar mm. and let me embrace that. So I immediately went in, started YouTubing about health. Now I'm drinking water, I'm, I'm, I'm exercising. And by the mind, mind you, I couldn't get a trainer because I, you know, I don't like to be told what to do. So I was, <laughs> I was looking at YouTube myself and I lost, I lost uh, 60 pounds. Yeah, we're gonna put a photo up right now yeah, for the I YouTube. Yeah, I lost 60 Unreal. pounds. And, and yeah. it was crazy because I was doing this show uh, for the recession tour. The first show I had was in uh, Boston hmm. in the House of Blues. And uh, it was funny because normally when I did all my shows, it would be all, and, and, and I don't mean this like, you know, like, I mean, like it was in my shows. It was the gangsters, the killers, and the robbers. That was the front row. It was no women. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And when I dropped that sixty pounds, Ed, in my first show in in Boston, I remember it like it was yesterday. I came out 
And by the second song, I looked at my security like, yo, what are you doing? They're throwing stuff on the stage. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and said, boss, it's bras and panties and stuff. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I'm like, yo, this is different. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's awesome. And, and, I, and I promised myself, like, I wasn't going to go back. And then I just started to get on this journey of just trying to, like, I did what I did in the neighborhood, which was start to sit around older people, get outside of my comfort zone, mm -hmm. and just have conversations with people who it, I wouldn't normally have a conversation with. Yep. And just ask them questions, because I started to understand they, they wasn't biased, right? Yep. And they would give me honest answers. Mm -hmm. And I started my journey uh, to healing around that time. Of course, I didn't have, you know, podcasts like yours mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but I just was getting little bits and pieces of information and trying to figure it out, right? Yep. And that started me on my journey, and that's when I started to really come into my stardom and started to understand. But mind you, the whole time I'm doing this, I'm like, okay, this is cool, but I don't think this is a life for me. Like, I, I gotta figure out how to establish myself as a businessman. Mm. Because with this, one thing that I did understand and I don't think a lot of people understand is that the, the music and the reason why rap was one of the biggest genres last year is because music became the streets, wow. right? And that's why so many people die in it. Yeah, yep. That's why so many people are incarcerated in it. Yep. Because all the street guys, after me, started to figure out Jeezy was in the streets. I know him. I yep. know Lil' Jay. I know he used yep. to be over there. With, mm -hmm. I'm going to do that, yep. right? And yep. So everybody started to get in music, music, music. And then the next thing you know, the music was more violent than the streets. But I saw that coming, so I'm like, I got to figure out how to do business because I don't want to go through this again. Oh, my right? gosh. Right. Brother, that that uh, that's striking what you just said. Yeah. Because now that you say it, I've obviously observed that happening. But you to be on the inside of that, right. I'm just picturing you walking out. You you're torn with Jay Z in the beginning, and you're looking at the front row, and you don't know if any of these dudes are there for you. Oh, right. That right. night, that's right. amazing to me. Right. And then the fact that dudes like you then brought guys into the business who were already living that type of a life, and it sort of right. transformed the industry from guys who talked about this stuff to, to guys who actually thing. lived this stuff. And this is the trip part. This is where it came in at. I knew early on that I was in a position of leadership, mm -hmm. right? I understood that more mm -hmm. so than the artist. That's why I never claimed the rapper role. Like I was like, I got to figure out how to do this to be an example for the people that come from where I come from, because I'm not going to stop here. It's like being in the street. You don't want to start you, you know, petty hustling, and then now all of a sudden you got this connect, and you just stop there. I don't want to go to jail there. <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. So what what I started to notice is that, and even now, you know, the and the reason why I feel like it's more my purpose, and I have to lean into my purpose to show this generation behind me how do you evolve in it? Because just imagine when I got in, it's just like Jordan versus LeBron, mm -hmm. you know, and things like that. You got to know mm -hmm. that. The, this generation is getting a way different type of money. So that comes with a way different type of power. Mm -hmm. So they're able to do things that we couldn't even do. And they're able to, you know, to, to um, like, just say, Francis, when you got money to throw around like that, you can make a lot of bad things happen. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? And if, if you, if your mind, and, and, and if your mindset isn't to lead people the right way, then you already know what that is. And I, I and I do want to say this because I don't want to sound like that I just had it figured out. Before, everything before the Recession album, which was maybe like four years, five years of me doing music, I absolutely led hundreds of men the wrong way. Right. Right, they would do anything for me, mm -hmm. right? They would jump off a cliff, they would do anything. Mm -hmm. And I was out of control. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know where I was going. My GPS was not working. 
So I led them to where I started to figure out if we keep going straight, we're going to fall off a cliff. Gosh. So let me figure out my life. Now, mind you, when I started to figure out certain things about myself and start to change things about myself, I don't think everybody around me was a fan of that. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because p- people probably benefit from some of it. Right. right? The other right. thing, too, is that I just want to acknowledge one thing about you. It takes a lot of, I mean, it sounds like an overhoked word, but like it takes a lot of courage to say what you're saying, right. to decide to make these decisions, because right. you could have continued to go down. It's hard to change things when the external results of your life are going pretty well. Yes. It's so difficult to do. But the internal part of your world was terrible. Right. But the external part of your world is going so, it's so, right. it's so difficult. Listen to me, literally listen to this. When the external stuff's going well, but right. internally, you right. know, this is not right. I'm right. not happy. I'm right. not living right. I'm not, this is not my legacy I want to have. Right. It takes major you know what right to go i'm gonna stop this right now even though it's producing money it's producing fame it's it's changed a lot of things and sometimes things in life that are working for you you think well that's why i'm successful but maybe you're successful in spite of some of the things that end up making you win right i was thinking about the violence thing you said a really good friend of mine um it's kind of a well-known thing was renting the house to pop smoke when he got killed yep, yep. and that he was they were the owner of the house that he was renting right and i was thinking about when you were just talking about that how the the that industry that you're in still to some extent like right. it's really dangerous for these yeah. for these young people still yeah. i mean it is it's a real thing this is not for the cameras is what you're saying yeah, so and social media makes it different because it's, e- it's easier to track people it's easier mm-hmm. to that's exactly what happened in that case yeah it's, it's, it's different and, and i i don't i remember i had a party one time for for puff in my in my uh in, in my uh compound in atlanta and i didn't even know papa he was standing like maybe where you are right there and when i heard it it just hit me different because i can only imagine this kid who's getting out of brooklyn mm-hmm. who's got this chance to start him and then you die in the hills of la just think about that. It's almost like it's almost like backwards. You would think you would die where you was at. And the reason why I lean into it so much is because they have to see an example of someone grow up in this. Because when I sit back and I think about Tupac, like it's confusing because he was a before his time. But I can only imagine what he would have been like if he'd still been here and made his fifties or wherever he's at. And I've been one of the lucky ones that that have, you know, I, I and I'm not going try to dumb it down or nothing like what I've been through I don't think the average man can go through that mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and, and not just from the things that I was into but just all the people that I've lost over the years I can go into the thousands Gosh. you know of people's you know the hundreds of funerals the the just so much and 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 what it did to me is and what I've been working through now is um and we were talking about Lewis earlier like me and him been really talking about it just like you know, it, it numbed me. Like it, it, it you know, I, I, I couldn't really understand what emotions were, right? Mm. Because once you lose people, and I talk about it in the book a lot, you just get this thing like, well, yeah, it wasn't me, so I got to keep going mm. because you're running. You're mm. just trying to keep running and staying alive. And over time, I just got this thing where I felt like people were complacent. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because yep. it was just, I just tried not to get too close, yep, or try not to show too much love because it's almost like you just never know right brother in a weird way this conversation's happened such an interesting time Mm. without being personal i will say andy Forsell is a really good friend of mine right we were talking this weekend right about 
not the same thing, but connected to it. And we're okay. both talking about how even at this stage of our lives, like we're just running and and right. we're running and running and running and running. And although not for the same reasons, but all my relationships, I feel like as I'm in the middle of this run, I've just become really surface. There's no depth mm. to my relationships. Right. And it's just like, I'll get around to it. I'll get around to it. I'll get around. Right. We were both saying, hey, man, like, we're best friends. We don't even see each other right. anymore. Like, right. it's on the phone. Are you all right, bro? You all right, right bro? Right. And then, like, a year goes by. <laughs> right. And it's a part of life. Like, everyone's got to evaluate in a different way. Not the same thing as what you were going through. Right. But, like, how much of your life are you putting on hold because you're in this run that maybe, like, some of these other things may matter more. Your friendships, your relationships, your yeah. the things in your life that matter. You said GPS earlier. You got this thing in, that you write about, about your something GPS. I want you to- My mental GPS. This is so good. I yeah. know what it is, but I wanted you to be able to right, say it. Right. In my former job, <laughs> I've been very successful. Yes. Right? And and, and and we call them plays. In one play, mm-hmm. you could be almost, you could, you could have millions of dollars, and in one play, you send your money to the wrong place, you could be broke again. Yeah. Right? And-, and um, I went through that so many times of like having it, not having Did it, you? having it, not yeah, okay. having it, not having it. Um, I never robbed or took anything from anybody. I always mm-hmm. was proud of myself on like getting out and figuring it out. And when I started to notice is like, even when I lost things, I would get it back like tenfold, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I, I always had integrity. My grandmother raised me. She's a Christian woman, very mm-hmm. serious, Sunday school, the whole nine. You're like, such an interesting right? man. <laughs> she, she she's so interesting to me. Easter speeches, the whole nine. Okay. And But, she, but she, you know, she, I really had a good heart. I just mm-hmm. got caught up in the streets, right? Mm-hmm. And and one thing that I started to realize is if I just keep my integrity and I don't and my name is good and my reputation is good, I can always figure out how to get it back around. Because one thing that I did learn about like in business, if your reputation is good and you're a good person and, and you and you pour into people, no matter what it may be, even at your hardest time, somebody might just point you at the right person or send you in the right direction because they know you're good. good. And the reason why I call it mental GPS, you know, I feel like there there will never be a time in my life where if I lost it all tomorrow that I couldn't get it back, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I know I understand it and I know how to get back where I left, mm-hmm. right? And then to keep up on that, to keep on that path. Mm-hmm. And when you from where we from, when you lose it, you know, people go bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not like Wall Street where they jump off buildings, mm-hmm. but they'll rob their brother. Mm-hmm. Like they'll 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 take from their you know they'll mm-hmm. take from their best friend you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying they'll, they'll and and not just take I've seen you know situations where people murder their closest friends mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying or or, or, or kidnap you know mm-hmm. kids or whatever and it's just like when you're in a life like that you know it's hard not to because the sad thing is like the culture respects violence mm-hmm. you know more so than money you know and it's just like either you're gonna be a leader that. It, it, leads with evolution or you're going to be a leader that leads with violence mm-hmm. and that's how it works you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying so there's not a lot of leaders that lead with evolution right because mm-hmm. those are the ones that you know something you ever heard like when we talk we say wow the good guys gotta go yeah. those are the ones that get killed it's interesting you say that the ones right. that lead with evolution end up experiencing the violence right yeah there you, go. you know we're both thinking i was thinking of dr right. king right yeah, same it, thing when yeah. you yeah. said it same thing Malcolm and even X. some of these yeah. kids and you know in, like nipsey hustle Great one of my great, great, you know, Nipsey also used to trade books. Mm. Nipsey was, he had a heart of gold. Mm. And when you look at his situation, you you can't help but think, like, how could, you know, like, this was somebody that was pouring back into the community, but he was leading with evolution. Yeah. Right? And the guys that lead with violence, you know, end up being in these situations where, you know, they, they, they live longer. So, <laughs> as a result of that, I watched an interview you did, mm-hmm. and uh, you said, I really don't trust anybody. Right. And then, 
the, the host pushed you a little bit, and you're like, well, that was my former life. And I watched, I said, nope, he still doesn't really trust anybody. Like, if yeah. we're being really, really honest, yeah. like, let's just cut the, the Right. I don't think you really completely trust anybody, even right now. I, you're absolutely right. <laughs> okay. But I find myself opening up more and being transparent. But I still have to keep, you know, what kept me, even though it doesn't serve me that much in this life, mm -hmm. I'm learning to trust and to understand and mm -hmm. to get only quality people around. Mm -hmm. Because once you have only quality people around, it's easy for them to show you that they can be trusted to a certain extent. But I will tell you that 98% of people that I let in my life have burnt me mm -hmm. some type of way. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And to the point where I'm just like, I already knew that was going to happen. Why did I even go there? Yep. And my reason, I think, for not trusting is I've never, outside of my grandmother, I've never experience someone who gave me unconditional love yep right and i never experienced someone that gave me like full transparency yep and you know i used to live out of survival and fear mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but i try now to live more out of love mm -hmm. but you know i still can't like nipsey hustle like i can't think that i'm exempt to what is going on because I'm still a part of that culture. Yep. So I have to still, it's almost like being a soldier. Mm -hmm. You know, if you go to, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, Afghanistan or whatever and you come back, mm -hmm. you still have that mentality that I got to protect myself and my family if, if something happens because I know how to do that. I knew today was going to be good, but I know it would be this good. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 I mean it. If you listen to this show for a while, you've heard me and my guests talk a lot about how critical it is to have your wellness goals in order, especially lately with me. So you know how powerful visualization is. When you visualize yourself 1, 10, 30 years from now, you've achieved all your goals. Ask yourself this, am I healthy at that point? In your visions, of course you are. But like anything else, without a plan to get and remain healthy, you can't hit the goal. That's why I'm so thrilled to be partnering with Life Force. It's co-founded by my good friend Tony Robbins and Peter Diamandis. Life Force is a leader in proactive care. The Life Force membership includes everything you need to understand your wellness and help you make good decisions today that keep you on track in the future for your health. Listeners of my show get $250 when they first sign up for their membership by going to mylifeforce.com slash ed. That's mylifeforce.com slash ed. Take control of your wellness with Life Force and see what the healthiest version of you actually looks like and is capable of. These products and statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey guys, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. You know, in all of my businesses, and I've been blessed to have several of them, I've used Indeed now for a number of years. And the main reason I do it is, I, if you're like me, I don't want to waste a bunch of time interviewing people that aren't qualified for the positions that I have. It's one of the hardest jobs in the world, right? Or they are qualified, but they're not interested in making the move at the given time. And so with Indeed, you have a thing called Instant Match where they match you with quality candidates within 24 hours. And you're in front of people that want the job, that are qualified for it, and that you probably want to hire. I wouldn't go anywhere else. They've delivered great candidates to multiple businesses that I have right now. So here's what's great. Listeners and viewers of my show, you get a $75 sponsored job credit right now to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash MyLet. Just go to Indeed.com slash MyLet, which is M-Y-L-E-T-T, -T, right now. And you can support our show by saying you heard about Indeed here. That would be great, by the way. Indeed.com slash MyLet. Terms and conditions apply. You need to hire. You need Indeed. Right. And, and I'm going to tell you something. Like you pull When you're this honest, you mm -hmm. pull honesty out of me okay. and other people. 
And here's the truth. So I'm not a part of that culture, but I'm a part of life. Right. And I think that, again, I think that culture is a like a microcosm, a compressed version of what the rest of life is Correct. about. And if I'm being really honest, if I'm being really honest, same with me. Mm. I I think even saying 98 is a generous number. Right, right. It might be like 99, right? 9.7324, right? right? Like, And I think what I landed on was I'm going to be trustworthy, Mm. but I'm pretty guarded with my trust. Right. And uh, and life has proven to me that, and by the way, what's cool about that conclusion is that it's caused me to try to search for where can I trust. And for me, that's God. Right. Right? Like, I don't put my faith in a man. I got to tell you about that, too. Please do, because that's what I've reached to. Please yeah. go ahead. What were you going to no, say? No, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I must, I must say, like, I don't know what's been going on with me lately. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? In like the last year, but I, I, I used to pray all the time because my grandmother taught me to pray, mm-hmm. but I never heard anything. Right? I never. But like lately, like I might be like meditating, and he talks to me mm-hmm. constantly. I love it. And. I'm I'm serious, like to the point, like it almost scares me sometimes, right? Yeah. And you know, I nobody's perfect, mm-hmm. right? So as long as I walk with God, I know I'll be good, right? But people and 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 the type of people that He's brought in my life, like it's mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't believe the type of people that you know call me, check on me, or whatever, and. A lot of them don't understand where I come from and what I've been through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they might not understand some of my mannerisms sometimes, but I make sure when I'm with them, I you know, let them know that I, I'm really there for them and, and, and they're there for me. But what, I, what I've noticed, and you said about trust, is like I trust that God is going to make sure it's good, mm-hmm. but I still got to watch the front door for us. <laughs> you know what yes. I'm saying? Yes. I just can't let anybody in the front door. Yes. Because that's our sacred space. And... You know, it's it's so it's so interesting because you look at any part of life. I'm quite sure anybody can say that they don't really have people that they can trust. Mm-hmm. And the thing about coming from like where we come from, especially where I come from, I can't even say that about some of my closest family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's just like you would think you can trust your uncles. You mm-hmm. would think that you can trust. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And all these different things. And my older brother died when we was younger, mm-hmm. so I had to be the oldest, right? Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of jump out there head first. And my experience with it just put me in a place where um, I just put up all these boundaries, right? And what I'm starting to notice lately is that, you know, that wall that I put up, Mm -hmm. you know, it it, it, it protected me. It kept everything out. I mean, it kept everything out. Well, it kept everything in, but it also kept a lot of stuff out. (laughs) So a lot of my blessings that were supposed to come to me Mm-hmm. They were out by the wall because I was blocking them, right? Oh, boy. So I didn't take the wall down. Yeah. I just took like the first three layers off so I could see over the wall oh, so oh. I could see. Look you know at that. I mean? right. That's such a perfect description. Right, right, right. By the way, that is such a perfect description. <laughs> right. Because if you don't have let people in, you are keeping out so many blessings, blessings in your yeah, life. Yeah. I think it's almost like for me, like, by the way, taking a few of those bricks, those levels off the wall is exactly what I've done. Like right. you're saying things that, Either I haven't had the confidence to say or the ability to say mm. that I totally agree with. Mm. I love when I'm talking to somebody and I'm like, because it makes me, it hits my heart. Like, that's truth. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's truth, what he right. just said. That's what I've done too. And almost a little bit, other than with God, I trust but verify. Mm. 
I don't have to verify with God. That's already right. been verified for me. Right. Right. And I also trust God will bring people into my life that can get close to me. But I also believe there's free will, there's free choice. Right. And he's going to teach us lessons in life. There are Judases yeah. in our lives, yeah. right? That's part of the, the stories of the Bible or right. whatever your faith might be. Right. There's that. There's also, though, it's really interesting. You could have written a book about a lot of things. Mm. You wrote one about adversity. Yes. And I'm like, because there's a ton of topics you could have done about, you know, overcoming limited beliefs, overcoming mm. your environment, because mm. you had, mm. you transcended an environment, which mm. is very rare in life. Mm. Why is adversity the topic of the book? And why did you think this is the thing I want to talk about? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, that's what I pride myself in. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I would be that adversity specialist, if you will. Yeah. Um, that's what keeps me going. That's 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 my purpose. My purpose is to continue to evolve mm. no matter what, but mm. to continue to give that information back to my culture mm. and to my people and to be an example of what it's like to uh, to come out of that because every situation that I've been in and it's funny that we was talking about God, I don't care how crazy it got. He always put somebody in my life around the time that I needed some information or a ear or a connection mm -hmm. or just the process, mm -hmm. it, it never fails, right? Mm -hmm. And I believe, I truly believe that he does that for me to show people that you can maintain your integrity and, and, and be a solid individual and still survive, right? I love it. You know, without, without doing anything that would go against who you are as a man mm -hmm. and then your legacy. Because, you you know, you when you think about some of the great leaders, they did great things, right? Mm. It, but their integrity is what kept you locked into them, right? Yeah. Because you got people that are successful, but they did a lot of foul things. And when you hear people talk about them, you're like, wow, I never knew that. And, and, and adversity to me is that small glare of hope. Because if I tell you what I went through in this book, your life might be totally different, but you might be up against the same odds. I can tell you that that's the truth. My life right. is totally different than yours. <laughs> right. But I see great storytellers um, tell me stories mm. with a you meaning. Right. So as I read your work, I didn't grow up like that, right. but I have my version of it in my life. Right. right. And so the lessons in the book, the lessons in this conversation, mm. I don't care what someone's life story is. Right. These are facts. Like right. you said something so important that God has sent you that person when you needed them, the right. information, the insight, whatever it might be. Yeah. I want everybody to hear this man said this. And the reason that I want you to hear it is he does that for you too. The mm. difference is you need to be in expectation that he's going to and aware that he's going to, because right. he has probably sent those people to you previously in your life. And if you're not aware he's doing it or open to the possibility he's doing it, you will miss them. Yeah. You will miss them. It's like that analogy of the people that are sitting on the roof during the flood. Mm -hmm. Someone comes by and says, hey, jump on the boat. Nope, I'm waiting for God to save me. Right. Somebody else comes by in a boat. I'm waiting for God to save me. Third guy comes by in a boat. I'm waiting for God to save me. Then they drown and they get to right. heaven and they right. go, God, I thought you were going to save me. He goes, I sent three, three damn boats. people in a boat. <laughs> three boats get in, in the puppy. damn boat. Right? And so there's a, there's yeah. some, there, there's some you have to be an expectation that right. God is going to send you a blessing at some point. Right. But if you're not looking for it and expecting it, right. you don't hear them or see them right. or feel them and then you miss them you have to be in a good place too though 
you have to be in a good place with yourself. I really realized that because it was times that I wasn't in a good place with myself, and it was just a bunch of noise. Mm-hmm. I let things on the outside of me um, control my emotions, how I felt. You know what I'm saying? I, I I just had to come to a place where, and I'm not there yet, of course, but I just started to understand what what peace mm-hmm. was like mm-hmm. to get a little taste of that, mm-hmm. and I started to understand what going inward was about. Because the minute I started going inward, everything changed, right? Mm-hmm. Because now I'm not, I, I can't fault anyone in my life mm-hmm. for what they've done to me. Mm-hmm. I have to look inside and see what, how I reacted or what I've done to contribute to that, right? And, and I can't blame anyone else, right? And for me, um, when I started to understand that is when things started to slow down, right? Because yes. I wasn't present. I go have conversations with people. It's all on the surface. Yeah, it's all good, whatever. And I'm gone. But then I had to start taking time like to look people in their eyes and be like, are you all right, man? How, how you feeling? Like, what's going on? And I started to have conversations where I wasn't, you know, leading all of the conversation. Like, exactly you know, you just tell me, you know, how you feeling? What's going on? And mm-hmm. when people came to me, I, you know, you know, and I pride myself on having a lot of advice. That's just like my thing. You know, I think I'm like, you know, the therapist among the crew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But you I are. ask them. And I ask them now, though. Yeah. I say, you know, one is, you know, do you want me to just listen? You know what I'm saying? Two is, do you want me to tell you what I think? Or three is, do you want me to side with you? Because I could do that, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I could be like, oh, that's crazy. That should have never happened. Mm-hmm. And I started to understand because, you know, where we come from, it's hard for somebody to tell you how they really feel. It took me until I was 40 to tell somebody I was, I was, I was sad. Or I was depressed. You know what I'm saying? Think about that. Mm-hmm. Or, or or I don't I I don't feel confident about this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or or that I I'm, I might be, you know, concerned. Yeah. Because when you're that guy, you have to you can't show weakness. Yeah, you can't show anything. You said earlier, I'm depressed. I'm drinking. Right. I'm drinking a bottle of champagne in the morning. Right. Moving a tequila in the afternoon. Right. You're eating. You're heavy. Yeah. Right. You're stressed. You're worried. You're running. You're running. You're running. Mm-hmm. Is there any one thing you did? Or was there any one moment? Or was it just an accumulation of things? Where you're like, that's enough. I can't do this anymore. I would say this. I didn't have a purpose before then. Hmm. I was just chasing money and trying to get out of my situation. Hmm. And he did that. God did that for me. He took me out of my situation. Hmm. And I'm four albums in, about eight million records sold. Crazy. Like, but what am I doing for him? What, what, how am I continuing his message? What, what am I doing? He, he, get, he took me out of a situation where I could have had a life sentence. It was there. Hmm. I, I still don't know how I dodged <laughs> that, by the way. Hmm. I, I think about that all the time. But it was there, right? Hmm. And I've lost, you know, so many people. And I sat there and I'm just like, yo, like, you know, right now, I'm the issue. I need to work on myself. Because <laughs> the things that I have going on inside of me is no way to lead anyone, right? Hmm. And I'm making music. So I got millions of people listening to me and, and listening to what I'm saying. I'm not a saint, mm-hmm. but I do got common sense, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like I'm I'm saying things that might affect people in different ways. But I'm like, and, and my thing is the audio got to match the video, right? So I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying this stuff, mm-hmm. but I'm doing something else, right? Mm-hmm. And I got to get on line with what I'm saying, right? So now I'm, I'm walking into, and it was the scariest thing in my life. And by the way, just so we clear, like, I was met with a moment where I knew it was a moment. Meaning I was, I was, my first album came out, I was selling um, 
and this is a uh, 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 statute of limitations, by the way. Anybody listen, I'm good. I talked to my lawyers about it. <laughs> and I had to make a, <laughs> I had to make a decision, uh, which was one of the, the biggest decisions. I had to make a decision what I was going to do because I was trying to balance the streets and music. And I had some small piece of success. And I had to walk away cold turkey from the streets. Now, mind you, and that means depend on music. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, I had three of those Nextel chirp phones. That's what we used to talk on. And all those phones had a lot of money on them. Like I had people owe me money. And I woke up and I just said, I'm not doing this no more. I put the phones in the bag, threw them in the uh, trash bin Mm -hmm. in my building. And I, and I walked away. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was like my first, like, okay, I'm going to do this music stuff. Now, mind you about eight months later, I'm performing at a show and tear my vocal cords. Now, I can't talk. Oh my God. I got a record deal with a major label. Oh my God. I can't talk. I got shows booked up from here to 2000, whatever. I can't go on the stage. And that was the first time he humbled me. Hmm. He humbled me. He humbled me. Whew. He humbled me. And I, and I had to really look at this and go, I'm so close. Hmm. I'm. So, this could happen. What, what do I need to do? And that was just a lot of praying, a lot of confusion. And then he let me live. I got a throat surgery that I didn't have insurance at the time. Imagine I had Lamborghinis, all this stuff, and no no health insurance. Imagine that. <laughs> so I had to pay for my surgery with cash. And then I got back out there. Mm-hmm. And I started the same, same thing. And then that's when he hit me again with Bell's palsy. Oh, my God. He hit me with Bell's palsy in my face. For real. Yeah, my face I got crooked and my mouth was, and it was like my eye was shut. Was so that from stress? That was God. Cause I he he let me live again, and I went back out and started doing the same thing, mm. and was going about it the same way. And after that, I was just like, you know what, man, I gotta change something because I've been too blessed, you know what I'm saying? And 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 now, I'm I'm looking at it and I'm going like, the next thing might not even be something I can recover from, mm. and that's what started me to just start to understand that I gotta start fixing some of my ways. And it first started with like a lot of my personal stuff I would do, mm-hmm. like you know just. You know, I I came from a situation where if you sit down with somebody, it's like sitting down and you're being interrogated. I'm not going to tell you the truth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can't. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's against the cold and it might get me in a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. But then I started to notice that a grown man should never lie, mm-hmm. even if it's going to get him out of trouble. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now I got to change this. You know, and that wasn't easy to do because I was taught to say whatever I had to say. Mm-hmm to get out of any situation. And now I'm having to work through this. And that was like the first step, and then it started going on different steps, different steps. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, listen, we're all carrying around some form of stress, big or small, and you don't wanna keep things bottled up. It's healthy to talk out loud with somebody about things that are bothering you or that are weighing on your mind or just decisions that you need to make. And that's why therapy from BetterHelp is one of the most helpful things you can do for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and it'll empower you to be the best version of yourself. And it's not just for those that have experienced major trauma. Therapy's for people that just want to work through things and maybe learn to make decisions better, work through an emotion that's not serving them right now. And so if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, it's flexible, and it can be suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll get matched with a licensed therapist. If you don't click, you can switch therapists anytime you want for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash EdShow today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash EdShow. 
And when I got to a place where I started to, um, to answer your question, when I started to realize that I got I to gotta do some work, mm. right? I didn't know where. I didn't know where to start. I just started YouTube and stuff, talking to older people, mm. telling I had my business partner. He's been my business partner for like 20 years. I would just go sit with him and tell him what's really going on. I'm like, man, I got about five people trying to kill me. <laughs> I got beef with these guys over here and that, and then this is happening. That was I was in the shootout last week, and now this is that, and I got to go to California, and this is happening. And he's just like, okay, okay, just calm down. Okay, what are you what are you concerned about most? And then we started to like work through proms, and he's like, okay, well, you have you ever thought about reaching out to them and you know just having a conversation? But my thing was, you know, they're the opposition, so I got I got I got to press. Cause I can't, I can't let my guys mm-hmm. think that I'm trying to sort all these things out, and and I just start to understand that there is a such thing called conflict resolution. So that started to help me out a little bit as far as my life, and now I got in a space where I started having a little peace, and I was able to start like working on myself, like my health and reading books and just all these different things. And that thirst for knowledge kicked back in because I hate learning in school. When I was in school, like I dropped out of school in the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I got my GED when I was in boot camp. That's crazy. Right. And then when in like in, in the, around that time, it just hit me again. I just had this thirst for like knowledge. And I just started going around asking people questions. And think about this now. It went from me asking, you know, somebody that I knew that worked at a restaurant that I just felt like was had some type of prestige. From that point to me calling John Maxwell and going, hey, mm-hmm. Uh, I got seven questions I need to ask you. You know John, he like, yeah, shoot him at me. Yeah, <laughs> to it. that, to Robert Greene, yeah. you know, to Robin Sherma, to all these different people. Tony. Tony Robbins. Yeah. And all these, and not to like name drop, but it's just like, yeah. I'm getting this information now to give back to the culture. Yep. Because I'm able to go outside of my comfort zone and get it. But this stuff helps me with my life as well. Like we was talking about Lewis earlier. Like, but I've always been that type of person. So, to answer your question, I got the information from the people that I respected at the time that I was able to mingle with. And I don't come as a, you know, my reputation exceeds me. Meaning like I don't come, and by the way, the most gangsters guys where I'm from are the coolest guys you ever see. Yeah. <laughs> they're not loud. They're not boisterous. Right. They're like Denzel and uh, uh, American Gangster. <laughs> they're real smooth, but, yeah. but they will reach out and touch you. I can tell you, this is like an all-time great conversation. It's all-time great conversation. A lot of things about you that I notice. One is like how self-aware you are. Mm. Just driving out here. It's like, I think you're here today. Like there's millions of people who are going to be like, oh my God, this is wow. unbelievable. But at the same time, Lately on this show, God sends me the right person in that seat for me. Like I was, I've got some stuff going on in my life right now that's not great, and mm. um, some of it's betrayal stuff with other oh, people, wow. like we're talking about. Wow. However, I was just talking to somebody, actually, a, someone that's producing a TV show I'm doing right now. Literally before you got here, I was driving out here, and I said, I, I want to figure out what God's trying to teach me with this lesson. Mm. And that's one of the things you said earlier is like, what am I supposed to be learning from this? What am I supposed to be? I'm not going to get nothing for Eric Thomas says all the time. You better get something for your pain. Right. You know, and the other thing you do very well is a lot of times when you begin to teach things you're learning, you begin to own them more. Mm. So a lot of you that are learning things, listening to the show, you don't teach it enough to other people. And the more you begin to teach it, the more you actually begin to live it. Right. People think I can't teach any of this until I'm living it. No, you could say, look, I'm not good at this yet, but this is what I'm learning. Right. And the more you begin to teach something, 
I've found in my own life, like not everything I've taught all the time I was doing at the time, but I was honest enough to say I wasn't. Right. This isn't me yet. Right. Let me tell you, this is what so-and-so gave me advice on or right. what I know I need to change about me. And the more I taught things, the more I own them. The other thing I've always wanted to know about you, because, and I know the answer because it's in the book and in interviews you've done, but of all the people you collaborated with, one of the other things that holds people back in addition to, and by the way, I want to step back. You play such an important role in culture right now because of what you just said. There are not enough people reaching people in the communities you come from or young people right. with this knowledge and information. The world's different. This isn't 30 years ago where you could just get a Tony Robbins tape. Right. There are dudes like me, guys like you, people like John, right. that this information's there. Right. But it's not what most people from these communities are consuming on their feed every right. single day. Right. And the fact that you're saying, hey, listen, I come from this. Let me teach you this. And this could be... Someone from a particular culture, particular age mm -hmm. group, particular mm -hmm. part of the world. Mm -hmm. That's why I do this. This mm -hmm. isn't podcasting is not a big source of revenue right, for me. Right, I mean, right. like I got business. That's, that's real, right? <laughs> but what it is for me is, and by the way, serious. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, I'm just kidding. We're in the middle of a negotiation right now. That's a whole other story. But having said that, um, but but I I want to make sure that I acknowledge you and the role that you're playing. And again, this combination, that, yeah, I received that. It's, it's a fact, and the combination of your humility with your confidence is crazy. Having said that, on the confidence thing, I always mm -hmm. wanted to know this. Mm -hmm. You find yourself performing with Jay Z, or you're mm -hmm. in the studio with Kanye, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I know the answer because because I know, but I want them to hear this. You had, and then and then you didn't really start in music. It's not like mm -hmm. you. You had to have some massive imposter syndrome at some point. Right. Like, do I belong with these dudes? And then mm. didn't you have stylistically a little bit different routine in the studio than right. other people would use, right? Like, so, because right. a lot of people listen to this are like, I, I don't relate to the story, but I relate to the emotional part of it, of right. chaos, of, of behaving in a way that doesn't serve me, of creating more stress in my life. And right. I also relate to the imposter part of this thing. Mm. You sold millions of records. You... You've literally collaborated with like the best right, of the best, right. which makes you one of them. Right. So like, did you suffer from that? Like, what am I, dude, that's Kanye right there. Like, what am I doing? Mm. Did you have some of that? And stylistically, I think in the studio, like not everything you did right. was the way they did things, right? Well, well I, I recorded unorthodox because I was never taught how to record, right? So I didn't really, I knew music, but I didn't know how to actually put it together. Okay. So a lot of what I was doing, it's like being on a golf course and you see a bunch of people hit and you just pick up some type of swing. They're like, you know, own your grip right. Mm -hmm. So I'm doing that, and but but the thing about it was the soul was in it, like the truth was in it. Mm -hmm. And I realized early that it ain't, it ain't what you say, it's how you say it, mm -hmm. right? And, 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 and I wanted to flag on another point too. What I realized early is that a lot of these people are very talented. Like they can put words together, put songs together, that you can never believe, right? Yeah. But for me, it's the way that it's packaged up, right? And like you were saying earlier about all these people that I've met, they have the word, but I'm I'm the vessel, so I'm the translator. So they give it to me, and then I, I, I process it, and then I package it up, and then I give it to them as something that they can digest. Mm. So that's with the knowledge. But with the music, I understood that I was talking to a specific group of people who really were the tastemakers and the ones that really had influence before influencers. Mm. These were the street guys that were running their cities and their town. Mm. And we all had this code that we spoke in because we couldn't let, um, you know, the, the authorities mm. 
mm-hmm. into our culture of how we talk because that could get you 15, 20, 30 years just for talking on the phone. Mm-hmm. So I can have a whole conversation with you right now and we can we can make a play from Mexico to DC to Chicago and we, and we could just be having a regular conversation and nobody else would know that. But what I knew going into it is I knew the code, wow. right? I, I knew this unspoken language. So I figured out how to put it in the music because I'm talking to those people who understand it. And they're the tastemakers. They're the ones that know. They're like, oh, he's one of us. He knows exactly what he's talking about. And Jay-Z and them understood that because Jay-Z used to be from the streets as well. And I, I, a lot of things about Jay that I like is that he, I, I saw him on the road because I was a Jay-Z fan. I'm not going to front like when I was in the hood. But what I, what I loved about him was that he was always evolving. So when I met Jay, when he became the president of Def Jam, I didn't look at him as an artist. I looked at him as, mm. as, as somebody that I can learn how to survive from. Because mm. the music part didn't even matter. Mm. He's surviving. Like, he is in a place where he's got outside of rap. He can do whatever he wants to do, mm. and he's growing up in this. Mm. I never seen anybody else grow up in this and keep their integrity and build their brand. That's what I wanted to learn from Jay. Mm. So I understood that. Now, Kanye West was different because Kanye was more so an artist. And I knew that, but he respected what I'd done because I brought Kanye West out at this thing that we call um, uh, uh, Birthday Bash. It's like the biggest show in Atlanta. It's like 20,000, 30,000 people. And we had a record together called Put On. He never been in front of that many people that, that, that are that are like street people, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? His his audience was, you know, it was more broad, but he wanted that, you know, we all do. You know what I'm saying? And and I put him in front of that, and I noticed that when um, he was working on his album, Heartbreaks, 808s and Heartbreaks, he called me, he's like, yo, I need you to come out to Hawaii. And I was like, what for? So when I get out to Hawaii, he has this chalkboard out there, and it said, what would Jeezy do? And he had all his songs on there, and he was playing the songs, he would watch what I would bob my head to, and he told me, he said, you understand how to talk to them in a way that they understand. Mm-hmm. And it's simple. Because it is. You know, you have a conversation with somebody, you gotta mean what you say, say what you mean. But there's a way you talk to them where they feel like, okay, he he he's with us, right? He he's not, you know, and I was able to do that in a way that they understood that that was my win. Cause it was my win. That was my win. I was basically talking to the streets. Everybody understood what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't know street lingo, you was kind of out of the conversation and everybody wanted to be in the conversation. And imposter syndrome, I don't think I've ever had imposter syndrome. I've been around people that I felt like they wasn't who they say they are. And that's what confused me because I was doing everything that I said I was doing in my music. Mm -hmm. So I feel like everybody should be that way. Mm -hmm. And when I started to get around certain people, I'm like, oh, this is a persona. This is this is an act. This is like WWF. Like I didn't realize that, but I'm like, oh, what does that mean for me then? Am I doing the wrong thing, or am I doing the right thing? Because I'm living this. Like I would live and die for this. You know, Nelson Mandela. Like this is it, and this is all I know. And 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 I started getting places like that where I, and, and this probably was a bigger mistake than anything. I kind of isolated myself from the culture of music. I'm probably the only person that do this that people don't really know. 
Mm-hmm. Like the people that I hang around every day are like regular people, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Or people that I, you know, that I, I respect as far as their, their mental state. But you're not going to catch me in, like a, in an entourage of like rappers. Like that ain't what I do because I don't consider myself a rapper. Mm-hmm. I consider myself a man that's on a journey, you know what I'm saying? On the journey of healing, on the journey of learning, on the journey of understanding to show my culture. Like you can't let people box you in and just tell you. Like when this is all said and done, I'm not going to just be a great musician. You know, I, I could be a great father, brother, cousin, uncle, whatever, but I just can't be this one thing. And once I started to understand that, I just put myself in a, because in a, in a, I, I want people to understand this is what a grown man from the struggle is supposed to look like. And, and, and you take your wounds and you make it wisdom, right? And, and for me, it was just like, that was the only imposter syndrome. I was feeling like they wasn't like me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> they wasn't the real deal. Like yeah. it t- that's how I took it, because yeah. it's almost like you you don't even believe in that, which is you're saying. You like mm-hmm. you like you know it's almost like a costume. Mm-hmm. You putting these chains on, you putting these things on, and you're going out. Here, but you wasn't like that in your former life. Mm-hmm. I was like that in my former life. I bought a Rolex at 14 years old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had Lexuses back then. Like mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Everybody that was from where I'm from knew that that's how I was really living, and that's how I was really you know, conducting myself, right? Mm-hmm. So when I got into the music, the music was just a way to, you know, to amplify that, but I still had what it takes to survive in the streets. And if you go to any penitentiary, any neighborhood, anywhere that anybody congregates on survival, they know who I am. They know you. Right. They and know. they know we, when if nobody sees me out like, yo, I love the last album you did. No, no, it's just like, hey, bro, you changed my life. I love you, man. I'm praying for you. I just, you know, I just want the best for you, man. And, you know, protect Jeezy at all costs. And that's the part that I can't let him down with. Mm -hmm. So that's why I refuse to give up that part of me that's who I am as an authentic person just to fit in somewhere. So when you see the music thing going around, like, you might not see me there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I started out by saying... um, I introduced you with, I said, this man has tremendous dimension and depth. Right. <laughs> uh, you're, uh, uh, am I right, everybody? Just, am I right? This is not what you would have expected just yeah. from this conversation. Right. Let me ask you one last thing. Mm-hmm. By the way, I've enjoyed this so much. Do another book so I can have you back. Oh, for sure. By the way, you don't need a book to come back. <laughs> come back. But I would, I would like to continue this conversation mm-hmm. because I feel like we're just scratching the surface sure. of you. Sure. I also have a funny feeling that if I see you, we're going to be friends now. For obviously, sure. we've For been sure. in each other's phones, but we're going to be friends now. I like it, yeah. I have a funny feeling that in a year there'll be an even different version of you sitting in For front sure. of me. That's the thing that I'm most excited about with you. You is this all worth it? Mm. So you had th- you've been through a lot. Like mm. take someone into success. Lastly, like what if it was worth it? What parts of it are worth it? Like mm. you know, obviously. For you, if you didn't get out of where you were, you're probably dead. Right. So in that sense, it's definitely worth it. Right. But do you know what I'm saying? Like, is six, let people on the inside of success. So let's just be, look, here's the most people look at success. Mm-hmm. They want to have some fame. Mm-hmm. They want to have famous friends. Mm-hmm. They want to have a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. You were just down in Cabo fishing, doing your thing. Yep. You've had all the cars. Mm-hmm. You've probably dabbled in, had some nice experiences with ladies in yep. your life. Yep. Um, you've been able to party and do whatever the heck you want Mm -hmm. you've had to do a lot of sacrificing and stuff too though so was all of it worth it and if it was why like what parts of it are worth Mm -hmm. it and what parts of it aren't what you would think it's all cracked up to be good question huh good great question i think when you say worth it i say absolutely because everything that i've been through has molded me and shaped me to be the person that i am 
right? The man that I am. Hmm. And, you know, when you're in the wild and you see a, a lion and you see his mane and you see his eyes and you see the way he protects the pride, right? Hmm. He's been through some things. He's been through, he's been fighting his whole life, but he's there to protect them. And in a weird way, I feel like I'm here to protect my culture because there's no big homies. Everybody gets rich and they go. Nobody gives back. Nobody, like, and I don't mean like money. I mean like nobody pushes hope and knowledge and, and all this stuff into these kids. They just go get their money and go live their life. And the reason why I say it's worth it is because if I hadn't went through what I went through, I don't think I would know the type of people that I know, mm -hmm. right? And, and and able to have those conversations, right? Mm -hmm. And if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have enough credibility to even speak mm -hmm. for us. You, you feel what I'm saying? It's yeah. just like, how could you, you, you know, it's like being a, what are you, were you like a, a general, but you went to college and you never had any wartime in, yeah. and then you get on the battlefield and try to tell people how to do, that doesn't work. Um, the only part that I think that I feel like I'm still struggling with, was it worth it, is because when I was in the streets, I put a wedge between me and my mother. Of course, we had a toxic relationship, mm -hmm. but I put a wedge in between us because I loved her and and my sister as well. But I always felt like if I went to prison, I, I don't I don't I don't know what that was gonna be like if I truly like was connected to them the way that I was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So I I, I kind of you know put a wedge in between us and just went and lived my life like mm -hmm. I was just doing the things that I was doing because I felt like if I go to prison. At least I'm not gonna feel like I'm not gonna tell on nobody because I can't. But mm. I'm not gonna be in there like going through it because I already them compartmentalized. Wow. You know my family, which I had started doing that a lot, like compartmentalizing things, and I was I was I was good at it, right? It worked for me. Keeping it cold, almost. Right, keeping it cold. Yeah. So that's the only thing I feel like for me. Wow. And then I think the only other part is like, you know. Life is life is life is crazy, man. Like it's it's like it's so real when you from where we from, man. And I just think that all the people I lost, I wish I could have loved them better, right? I could have gave them more of me because you know I just lost one of my friends, um, maybe about last year. Was it last about eight months ago? It's one of my great friends, and he was a good dude, family guy, four kids, and he owned a local club in the city, and. I've lost, you know, thousands of people, you know, just through people I know and other, you know, just mm. over my lifespan, right? But that one hit me the hardest because I'm like, how is somebody in my age bracket very successful and still being murdered and killed? Mm. And it hit me different because I'm like, I, I, I talked to him about maybe a couple of weeks before this happened, and I didn't even think to ask him how he's doing or is he straight. Mm. So when you say worth it, I think what I'm able to give back is worth it. But I think that the relationships that I danced over, I don't I don't think that part was worth it I because understand. these are good people, right? Yeah. And now, you know, I gotta live with that. Mm. But going forward, yeah. I make sure that I'm connected, talk, talking to people and, and, and doing the right things. But I can definitely tell you this, because I want to end on this one. The girls weren't worth it. <laughs> the cars weren't worth it. You know, the money wasn't worth it. The lifestyle wasn't worth it. Not, like, none of that stuff is going to matter when you're gone, bro. Like, And 
the way that people idolize and put these things on a pedestal, none of that can compare to like real people and real love and real friendships and just really building, bro. So I'm gonna leave that there, you know. <laughs> I, uh, you're a good man. Thank you, brother. You're Thank good you. Man. I received that. I, uh, I admire you. I'm really you. proud of you too. Thank you, brother. I, uh, I really enjoyed today a lot. Yeah. Thank you for letting us into your world too, because you, the man. vast majority of people listening to this don't understand that world. Right. And I do think, again, I'll say for the third time, I think there are some parallels that are unbelievable. One thousand percent. I was picturing you talking earlier. I was just thinking about this. Like, we started out with your mom with. You know, having a gun to your head and you yes, all that stuff as yep. a young man. Yep. And I'm just picturing, because there's this clip I think of when I think about you, which is when Obama did it a couple times, but Obama shouted you out like at the yes. correspondence dinner. Yes, yes. I'm just thinking about how remarkable life can be that right. this young boy, this young man right. who's living in this situation where he's in the streets, he's right. surviving, he's buying a Rolex at 14, his mom's got a gun to his head. Right. Somehow that young man ends up having... As a young man, but particularly a young black man, having the first black president shouting Shout him out and yeah. saying his name. It's yeah. like, if that's possible, anything that's in life possible. is totally possible. Yes. And then to go from what you were doing and how you were living to now being one of the most, I think, important men in culture, mm. influencing a part of culture with your message, your wisdom, your insight, paying it forward, continually to pull from one world and giving it to the other mm. is just awesome, man. It's Thank just you, something to be so, so, you're a blessing and I'm grateful for you. I received that, brother. Yeah, it's a fact. All right, everybody. I told you. Yeah. This is one of these. I started out with an intro, and then from the very first second, it just did better than what I told you it was going to be. Love. I'm so. This happened when it was supposed to. We were supposed yes. to do this a while ago, yes. and I couldn't do it, and yeah. you couldn't do it. The timing was Time absolutely perfect. perfect. Thank you, Ed. Yeah. Continue to do what you're doing, brother. Yeah. We we love you. We're listening. Just keep just keep pouring in, brother. We here. Likewise. Thank you. Likewise, brother. Love yes, you. Hey, share the episode, everybody. God bless you. Max out. This is the Ed Milet Show. Oh, <laughs>